Hey, this is Alex Frohmeyer. I'm the founder and CEO of Beam Technologies, and you are listening to the App Guy Podcast. The App Guy Podcast. Straight from your host, Paul, the App Guy. Sharing his app entrepreneur journey with you for your enjoyment. The App Guy Podcast. Welcome to another episode of the App Guy podcast. I'm your host. It's Paul Kemp. And it's with great pleasure that I have um, a terrific guest who is going to inspire us and also be very practical about how to go about launching an app, all the stuff we need to know about with regards to product uh, innovation and features. And uh, let me get straight into it. Uh, his name is Michael Mike Maymoff, and uh, he is the founder or co- I guess co-founder or founder I'm pretty much the founder. I was there from the start, let's <laughs> say that. Well, Mike, I have to say that I think you're about the first person that said you're the founder. I mean, I've always got this wrong and said people are, are, are founders and then they have to explain there's about six or seven co-founders. But uh, yeah, so you're the founder of Player FM, player.fm. If you go to player.fm, then you'll see that uh, it's a beautiful website and there's a lot of details there about the uh, pod- podcasting uh, uh, and the Player uh, app. But Mike, it's a, it's a warm welcome to the App Guy podcast. Yeah, thanks very much for having me on, Paul. Well, I mean, firstly, we've got to go straight into the the big news that you have just come back from Google I.O. And uh, your uh, app was nominated amongst all all the others to be in the sandbox. And there were some great apps you were along with. How how was that for you? It was pretty wild and pretty surreal, given some of the size of some of the other people there. Uh, But uh, yeah, very exciting. And it was great to be able to meet with uh, both users as well as developers and sort of share how we're working with the platform. Yeah, because you were up against some really biggies. I mean, for example, uh, I was chatting to a guy who we're trying to get a hotel tonight on, on the podcast. And uh, did you did you meet a lot of the founders of the, the other apps? I think there was Hotel Tonight, Duolingo, Lingo. Uh, some other big apps. Did you? Were a lot of yeah. I met a couple in in my immediate vicinity. It was real tough because uh, I am a lot smaller. You know, some of the other apps had like five or six people there all the time and rotating around, and um, it was pretty much me. And I do have a kind of co-founder developer who sort of started a little bit later, but he was there too. But uh, for most of the time, it was just the two of us. Uh, so I didn't really get much of a chance. Unfortunately, I couldn't go over the floor to a hotel tonight and ask them to be on the show. <laughs> Well, you know, it, it's a real inspiration. I'll tell you why, because uh, the whole of the apps to tribe are listening to you right now. And one of our the dreams that we all have is that our app is just recognized, you know, recognized for being important, disruptive. And the fact that you were, you know, invited to go along to Google I.O. and be amongst all those wonderful apps. I mean, it must have been a real um, achievement for you. And just uh, t- tell us how you felt and uh, what it meant for you. Yeah, it was uh, certainly a milestone. Um, I was very uh, proud that we were able to to do that. Uh, and like I say, it was you know it was quite surreal. But um, I think part of the reason we were there was to show exactly that the fact that we are very small, um, but we're leveraging the platform. In this case, uh, Google's platforms uh, like Android and Chromecast and Google Plus and so on. Um, and I think that's probably something that some listeners might be able to take away is I think, you know, a lot of people want to be featured and so on. Um, partly it is about showing, uh, not, not, it's certainly about adding value to the users primarily, but it can also be about showing how you're embracing newer features of the platform 
to add value to users. You know, Mike, that's a really important point I think you're bringing up here because so many of us think and look at the uh, the Google Play Store and the you know the App Store now and just see these huge big blockbuster hits with lots of money going behind them. You know, even this silly app coming out, um, uh, Yo, it's got you know a really big backing and. I guess it can be quite frustrating knowing that, you know, a lot of us um, are smaller and we're just trying to uh, do the right thing and, and, and get noticed and get attention. And uh, so do you have any thoughts about, you know, perhaps being a, a slightly smaller team and, and uh, you know, trying to play in a big market? Yeah, I think, I mean, I would say two things. Uh, picking up on what I was just saying there about sort of the newer technologies, that's one of the ways that, you can kind of get an edge if you not. I don't think necessarily really being featured and so on and, and being at the sandbox should be the the end game. You know, the end goal. It's really um, just sort of a means to an end of, of getting more in front of users and so on. But um, it does help if you do want to be featured um, to be. If you're not big, uh, the other advantage you've got is is that you're probably going to be more willing and more able to adapt uh, new technologies. You know, bring them into your app. Um, and that's something that the platforms are always happy to find people who are doing that because they want they want people who are exploring how they work, and they want to show other developers that they you know that if you do this and you do it well, then you can actually be adding value to users. And the other thing I'd say is just you know it is a lot of persistence. I mean, this came 13 months after the app launched. I think the app launched we had some reasonably good response, but we also had a lot of issues that we had to just keep plugging it away at over months and months and months. Um, so it was really just a matter of, I think, uh, the people at Google picked up on that that we were gradually over time adopting all these new features. It wasn't like some magic launch like like Yo in your example. Yeah, that's right. Not, not a particularly good example. I mean, but uh, obviously they've done something right with the attention that they're getting as an app. But just before we leave Google I.O., it would be interesting to know, you know, so you were... Uh, invited to go along you were in the sandbox for two days how has that impacted your business do you think uh, i'm guessing that your phone's ringing off the hook and you're getting all these new offers now oh yes and no you know it's always like uh not as much as you expect but it's still you know generally very positive so uh, certainly i've stayed back in san francisco and a bunch of meetings um for me one of my main goals was really uh, partnerships with other platforms because that's one of the ways that you can uh, grow and, and build traction with users um, is just to sort of get that exposure. So that's one of the conversations I'm having now is um, with people from different uh, platforms and, and uh, telcos and so on who can help to, to grow the platform over time. Um, and it really was just it was just great to actually meet, you know, it's one of the things that we don't do enough of with uh, is actually meeting real users and to have people come up and say, I, you know, I use your app, I love it, you know, giving us feedback about the new, uh, the new release that we've just made and that sort of thing um, is actually, you know, just as positive as meeting people from large platforms or large companies. That is so great, Mike, because uh, just recently, I think one of the things about the podcast is that what I'm learning is that it's sometimes it's not about the big numbers. I mean, uh, we've got some advice from uh, other startup founders who have basically said that, you know, you have to, everyone tells you you have to build an app to scale, but actually, you know, it's best to, to really get user feedback from the early, especially the early days, because that, you know, there's no point in building something to scale without, uh, when it's not going to make it. So, 
what, what's it? How do you get user feedback? Uh, you know what? Actually, it's probably a good idea to talk about the app itself. You know, just for anyone who's who's not come across it, let's let's go into some of the features and what you're trying to do with the app. Yeah. So, I mean, I call it really a multi-platform or multi-device uh, podcast discovery app, and really what it's about is. Um, I was looking at the situation a couple of years ago. Um, there were some pretty decent apps, but they always have this model of just being like a standalone podcast app. You install it, and then it goes off to all the 50 different shows that you might be subscribed to and checks once an hour uh, if, there, if there's something new, whatever. And then you know you go to a different device, you have to set it all up again. So one of the problems I was trying to solve is that that, you know, we're living in a very multi-device world now, and we one of the things we demoed at Google I/O was like a new watch interface, and there's Chromecast on the TV, and there's going to be cars, and you know, there's there's so many different places where you can uh, be listening to podcasts, and so many different devices that even just one individual wants to be working with. That I wanted really a convenient way uh, to just sort of keep going. I can pick up a new device, and I've already got all my settings there. And the other aspect was discovery, and I think that's again a lesson for me is just you know just talking to users about what or potential users about what you might be building um, which I was doing you know while I was building it um, really led me to understand that probably the biggest problem that people face with podcasts and I'm not just talking about existing podcast listeners I'm talking about the, the vast majority of people who could be listening but aren't yet it's it's about discovery it's about finding great shows that are right for them so those are really the two problems that I set out to solve uh, with Player FM. They're really big problems as well. I'm almost thinking, you know, look at Evernote when it launched and how crazy that felt at the time. But, you know, all that, the emphasis behind Evernote was the fact that it, it would sync all your different devices. And even today I was getting frustrated because one of my uh, podcast players was uh, on, on the iOS was uh, not, not playing what it should be so it's a great problem to have and discovery as well i mean i'm a podcaster and the, the whole discovery especially on apple is just really bad and uh it's very hard to to get discovered you know and uh so so how are you really um you know affecting that is it is it through search uh in term or in terms of you know some related uh podcasts after you've played it yeah, tell us a little bit about how you're improving discovery um the the most the main way we do it is with, uh, with kind of curation. Uh, so we wanted to make the topics much more niche because traditionally you have topics like technology or business, which can be very broad. Um, so what we've done is like categorized in about 500 different channels, really specific niches, you know, so things like uh, SEO or digital marketing or social media. We wanted to go to that level of depth. Um, and we also made them really live channels rather than just, a normal catalog where you sort of pick some shows, subscribe to them, wait for them to download and see if you like them and then unsubscribe if you don't. That's sort of, that's kind of a traditional podcast app model. Um, with how Player FM works, it's just like, okay, you know, you see the channel social media, you can just hit play on anything. It will start streaming or it will, it will work offline if you've subscribed to an individual show. Um, but it's really just removing all that friction and just saying, you know, if you want to follow these three topics. That's the that's really the main task people have when they come into a podcast app is just, I care about these things. I want cool shows about these things. And over time, they can start to form relationships with individual shows. And that's when they can subscribe and really start to get every episode from that one show and keep it synced offline. 
Mike, I think this is going to be really powerful for the Appster tribe listening right now because what I'm thinking of is, you know, a recent uh, episode of uh, a podcast. I can't quite remember exactly which one, but it was uh, the founder of Airbnb. And I know that you're calling me from an Airbnb, so you're a big fan yes. of a fan of their service. Um, I think his name is Brian Chesky, but he was talking about the fact that what we need as users right now, what the, there's a huge demand for, a, a basically you create curating our lives curating everything about us you know we there's so much choice nowadays that we just want people to tell us what we what we need you know we're very open with our uh, data and just give curate our lives please you know and, and i love the fact that you're trying to do that then with um podcast discovery at this this micro level yeah and the curation is done in a way that users can also do the curation uh, so far that's just been sort of in a trial mode but we've certainly had some users have created channels on topics but the idea is that over time that's a kind of model that users can do i don't know if you've heard that rule of thumb there's kind of this model that says one percent of people will create on in any platform ten percent will curate and the rest will consume so i think you know, you know curation is kind of the middle ground between podcasters like yourself who are actually going out and creating fantastic content and consumers who are who are absorbing it and then sort of this middle ground of actually let's pull these things together and share them with other people mike you've really made my day so i i haven't come across that and i can't wait to go and tell everyone that i'm in the one percent <laughs> yeah that's about the first time i think i've reached that but um <laughs> That's great. So um, yeah, tell us about um, how you went through the product design. I mean, you've been working on this app now what for two years and you've done, you know, you've added a lot of features and perhaps you can give us some guidance on what it means to you to go through product design, maybe some tools you could recommend. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I mean, the first thing to say is even though I was working on it for two years, really I was thinking about it for 10 years. It's a problem that's there's, there's very uh, close to my heart and something I've, I was even blogging about, you know, before about what podcast apps could be doing. So uh, it was coming from wanting to scratch my own itch with that. Um, as far as the tools, one of the things that's been very valuable, and this is specific to the platform, but being on an, on, as an Android-first app, um, I've really tried to leverage a lot of the platform's ability to interact with users so with reviews we can really uh, get back to users we can ask them to send logs if they're reporting issues uh, we can just thank them for, for leaving reviews and, and understand uh, what are the things that they value and we can also use uh, things like the beta community and Apple's got this now too they announced this recently at WWDC that you know you're going to be able to uh, roll out uh, very easily to uh, to I think in well, it's certainly in the in the case of Google, you've got uh, alpha and beta communities, so you can treat alpha the way we treat it as something that's um, mostly for people who are actually working with us, or, or maybe uh, platform partners that we trust very closely. Beta is more of a kind of open community. Um, I, I treat everything there as basically public, but um, it's more limited. Um, if people leave bad reviews because it's something's buggy because it's sort of still in beta you know that doesn't reflect in the average rating and we can just sort of talk about features and i can announce them and, and people will try it out um and then also stage rollouts has also been pretty powerful uh, so we can sort of just roll out over time um, but generally it's just a matter of um of just being really open-minded and and over communicating and trying as hard as possible to let users know that we do care because it's it's i think people are so trained uh by big companies 
that that they just won't listen to any complaint that they've got. Um, that that's what causes them to complain even more and get frustrated and leave the app. You know, we want to basically be be there saying like, you know, we care about what you want with the app. We care about the problems you have with it, and we want to fix any issues. Yes, I think reviews is a great uh, challenge to tackle because uh, just getting reviews, I know from iTunes, is incredibly hard. And uh, just to make the whole process easier and actually acknowledge when someone's gone to the effort of making a review, leaving a review, um, you know, I think that would be really, really great for, for basically podcasters like myself that, you know, the uh, reviews make us such a big difference to um, to our ratings and rankings and um, so how how um, how is the ranking process uh, within? I mean, are you uh, how are you ranking all the podcasts? I don't have anything formal yet. I think it's something in the future that I very much want to be able to personalize uh, r- rankings and have more personalized recommendations. Uh, we've gone so far as launching an app that's really like a traditional podcast app, but in the cloud. Uh, so that means we do have the data on what users are subscribed to. Uh, and we can potentially uh, use that sort of aggregated across different users to say, you know, people who like this podcast might like this and, and start to give much more personalized recommendations. Um, but that's really in the future. I think it's just something we've laid the groundwork for at this stage. And, uh, you know, what would be really interesting is just learning from you how you've gone about the process of sustaining you know, this project for two years launching uh, and I'm guessing, um, you know, there's not a strong monetization behind it just yet. But, you know, I can imagine in the future that it's going to be uh, amazing. You know, the fact that if you're getting all this data in the cloud, you know, data is where the money is. And uh, then you could uh, do a lot of interesting things. But how, how has it been bootstrapped? Have you had funding from uh, the... Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so far it has been bootstrapped. So, I mean, the, the data part, I don't have any plans to be selling the data. It's more about being able to, to take advantage of it for users' benefit and sort of giving them recommendations and so on. Um, the, the, there's really potentially several uh, business models. So, uh, so far it's just been a matter of, of going into an existing app area. Um, and I think that's why it's taken so much time to get to a point where we're really just starting to do a, a premium uh, model for this. But... Um, there has been, you know, a lot of competition, a lot of apps over the years. So we really had to get in there and show that we were doing something different. Um, it's a matter of kind of um, closing out the risk as you go along. And we've closed out certain risks about, you know, would this sort of app model work? Would users be happy to keep uh, their their subscriptions in the cloud so they can sync across devices? And, you know, um, would we be able to get the, the traction? Will people find out about, about us given that we're launching, you know, five years after a lot of other apps? Um, and, and so we've answered a lot of those questions positively um, and so that it's just a matter of getting to the next step and there's really, as I said, there's several potential models. There's things like like forming a premium marketplace to help publishers um, to, to sell their content. There's, um, there's advertising, of course, like doing a sort of YouTube style model of, of sharing revenue with publishers. Um, but for me, um, because PlayerFM is really a very small operation, um, I'm really focused on just really extending the existing app model to be something like a um, consumer level uh, premium service, a little bit like Evernote, which you mentioned, you know, so it would be freemium, it would be um, free for most users. We've always had a limit of 20 subscriptions, so we'll go beyond that. And we also have a lot of interest in doing a sort of cloud sync service. 
um, that would basically sync uh, not just subscriptions, which it does now, but also syncing the actual what you're currently playing and your whole playback history so you can see what you've played on any device. Yeah, it's very interesting for us to consider as app developers, you know, how we do eventually monetize. And I, I do get the feeling that the consumers now are more prepared to buy these uh, features within the app uh, if they find the app wildly useful. And, uh, you know, I just look at my own purchasing habits and the fact that I'm paying for SoundCloud and uh, there's been a another app called uh, Euphoric, which I think is a recording app. And yeah, very happy to pay for all these sort of levels of uh, apps because they're, they're incredibly useful. And uh, I think that's, do you feel that that's happening? You know, especially on the Google platform where there, I guess there's been criticism in the past for trying, it's really hard to get money out of uh, users. Yeah, I do think so. And I think that especially when you talk about something like the Google platform, that people really want apps that work cross-platform as well. So it may not even be a question of just, uh, you know, how well do you go on the Google platform? It's just, you know, that's going to be one of the exposures that people get your app from. Um, I think that apps have just generally, you know, the, the quality of apps has shot through the roof, quality of service, quality of design, all of that has shot through the roof. So I think that's why... Um, probably users are actually more willing to pay for these things. And uh, and I think it's a question of, from the, from the user's point of view, it's also a matter of closing their risk of, of just, you know, if you can interact with an app over time, get to know it, get to trust that it's going to do the right thing uh, by you and uh, add value to you, that, that over time you'll sort of say, okay, you know, that would be useful to go into this um, and, and into a sort of premium subscription because, I think a lot of users got burnt too, you know, by installing apps that didn't work and paying for it and they couldn't get their money back and so on. So yeah, I, I kind of like that premium model of, of like use the app for a while, get used to it. And then as long as it's quite obvious what the value you're going to get from upgrading is, um, there's going to be always a percentage of users who are interested in doing it. Yeah, that, that does seem like the most sensible thing to do. So one of the things we like to do on the uh, App Guy podcast is that we like to try and flesh out an, a new idea for an app because uh, we've got a, an apps to tribe who are hungry and willing to build new things. Um, we do this in two ways, Mike. Either you can come straight out with it and tell us your fantastic new app idea if you're willing to share it, uh, if you do have an app idea. Uh, and it, uh, Otherwise, we, we talk about maybe some pain points that you're suffering in your business right now and potentially how we could solve those with, with an app. Um, so firstly, do you have any app ideas? Uh, I've always got lots of them, but I can't think of any offhand. Uh, what I can say is I've noticed a general pattern with some apps is, is just finding uh, common tasks that happen in other apps that, that aren't very well handled. And I've noticed this with one app that I use a lot. Uh, you may know it too in London, City Mapper. Do you know that app? Yeah. Uh, and I think they've done a fantastic job of taking a traditional map app uh, and taking this one task, which is how do I get from A to B and making a whole app out of that? So I, if I can add any value here, I think it would be just that pattern I think can be quite useful of picking common tasks that aren't very well handled by more general tools. Yeah, no, I think that's really important as well. We're seeing this whole um, 
discussion, aren't we? About there's a school of thought, and it's kind of diverging a little bit because on the one hand, you've got apps like Evernote, which are incredibly useful, but within Evernote, there are certain features that are incredibly good, but you don't discover them. For example, especially in app, the App Store, uh, Apple's App Store, uh, you know they have a scanning um, ability to scan cards, but if you were to put business card scanner in, you don't get Evernote; you get all the other apps. And so, why not? You know, why is Evernote not spinning out that as a separate standalone app? Um, I could see Google's doing this as well. Google Drive recently went with Google Docs and uh, the Google Spreadsheet. Uh, that they, they spun those two out and made yeah, them individual it's apps. It's a common so. trend happening right now. Facebook's doing it all over the place. Yahoo's doing it. So that's definitely something if people are considering is, is go really niche on one particular, not even just an area, but a, a very specific task that users want to achieve. Yeah. So Mike, there you go. To to the Appster tribe listening right now, go ahead, look at your favorite apps. What, you know, if they're multifunctional, take the best feature from that and think about, you know, a dedicated app for that one function, uh, that one feature. And you may actually come up with a good idea there. <laughs> so Paul, I did actually just think of one thing, actually, because I've just been doing this um, from, from Google I.O., as you know, and you were one of the people um, that we featured some apps that were related to the show's themes. So I don't know what's out there um, now, but um, an interesting idea for a product might be something like that, where I have, where I was, uh, I basically had to make sure that I was letting people know in advance that we were going to be sharing their content and demoing it, and then following up with photos and so on. I don't know what's out there, but you know, maybe that's that's a kind of niche area that might, that uh, people might be able to solve a problem for. Yeah. So, so Mike, let's flesh that out a little bit more. So, you're saying an app that uh, would, what help help you um go and and seek out uh, content creators for yeah i mean it was just kind of a general thing where i had this event it wasn't really kind of like i was inviting people but i was just letting them know in advance that this would be happening making sure that they're okay with it and uh, and then sort of following up as well um, by sharing some photos and just letting them know how it went um very sort of ad hoc task but it's something that I ended up having to manage in Trello and it was kind of just a sort of messy process that, that at least from the tools that I'm using, uh, wasn't very well handled or very automated. Yeah, Mike, I think that was a great idea uh, that at the end of the day, you, you've, you're, you had to task and you had to reach out to a bunch of people that you didn't know. I mean, we didn't know each other before. Then you kindly approached me and said, hey, uh, the App Guy podcast is going to be on my a demo app uh, within Google I.O. And I, I run around the house for a bit saying, yeah, hey, I'm, I'm at Google I.O. <laughs> Through the back door. But uh, at least I'm there. And it made my day. And it was a real, it was a great, you know, to get that sort of uh, acknowledgement from you. And, and if we had an app that could kind of automate that process just a little bit easier, then yeah. I think yeah, that- somehow. I don't know exactly how it would look or whatever. Really, that's just my problem statement. I feel like, um, you know, I wanted to, of course, personalize it and make sure I got to know people like yourself a little bit before approaching you. And um, I don't know what's out there, but I think that it's definitely just one thing that, that just happened today, you know, that, that um, maybe people can pick up on. Yeah, no, it's really an interesting idea. And um, I, I think that, yeah, there you go. There's the app idea. The, fi- the final thing before we say goodbye, Mike, is that uh, we do have to ask you what uh, some, some of your favorite apps, well, obviously Player uh, and um, you know is on there, but do you have any other apps you feel that we may not have come across that you just think would be great to download and, and uh, help us with our personal or business lives? Um, one sec. Just getting our phone out here. I think I'm <laughs> really obscure ones because it doesn't, it doesn't come first of mind. But, what what I mean, phone is it? 
but is um one but you know because I'm just sort of thinking of ones that you may not have heard of. So one I really like is actually Progression, um, which is an Android app. Uh, and again, it's the same way I was talking about the beta communities and so on, I've got to know the developer uh, just from discovering his app and joining his beta community. So I'm able to feel like I'm taking a part in how it's evolving as well. It's called Progression. And um, there's, there's nothing, it's a, it's a gym app. It's sort of like a gym uh, exercise tracking app so that you can sort of progress over time. Um, I can't say, I mean, it's got some nice animations. I can't say, it, it's a, it kind of a case of I used a lot of other apps and, and you know, the, it's more a case that they sucked rather than there's anything, one thing that this does amazingly well. It just doesn't have all those features that suck on the other apps. Well, it's interesting because, like, when we use apps, we do form habits, you know, and we just get used to the ones we're using. And so, you know, I, I think of my habits and uh, the fact that, you know, there's an app called Lyft, which is one of my favorites, but it's just so simple. I mean, the, the co- I think the founder of that uh, coded the the first version of Lyft within four hours. So it was obviously a very simple app, but uh, it's not too much to it now. And it's just one of those that's really simple and easy to use. Um, we've got a show coming up soon with the founder of Everest, which is a lot more you know glamorous and uh, another one of my apps. But it's it's just one of those things where you, I guess you just get used to the apps that you use and uh, that, that if they're easy and, and useful, then they just form part of your daily routine. Yeah, definitely. It's kind of muscle memory, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. So, Mike, well, it's been, thank. I mean, we're coming towards the end of the show. I've just appreciated, like, you know, going through your journey. And uh, do you have any parting thoughts before we say goodbye? You know, anything you could give us that would help us along our journeys as indie app developers and people that are interested in the app world, what, what would be your parting words that you could help? Yeah, really, I'd just say is, you know, really persist and just keep iterating and iterating and, and improving because uh, you don't always have some amazing launch right from the start. Sometimes it takes time. Uh, if you're building, you know, if you're solving hard problems, it takes time. Yes, it does take time. That's for sure. Mike, it's been wonderful. How best can we reach out and connect with you? Uh, people can reach me at Mike at Player FM, player.fm. You've got a, a fantastic website and uh, obviously a great name there. You know, it was, uh, oh, you know, just um, just before we say goodbye, you, um, I don't know if you know the stats, but you, you do have a really lovely website and you can actually play a lot of the content through the, the desktop version. What sort of split do you see with um, wh- where people are streaming the content? Split, uh, certainly. Yeah. In terms of, uh, so you're asking about um, between Android and the web? Yeah, just generally between, uh, yeah, laptop, uh, Android and desktop. Yeah, I mean, generally, like, I would say Android and particularly Android phone is is by far the biggest uh, form factor and operating system. Um, It's one of the things I learned. I did want to make it on the web because I wanted to make podcasts more accessible and just, you know, easy that it would work on mobile, web or whatever, but... Um, from a practical point of view, people just love to install the app, love the fact that you can use it offline and you can't yet deliver those things. So for all those reasons, even though I put a reasonable amount of effort into the website, but just it's really the phone by, by a long shot, to be honest. I just feel that you speak to a lot of podcasters and they say, you know, even now 
a lot of the uh, audio seems to be played off the uh, website, which is was surprising yeah, to me. But it's certainly a lot more than people expect, and I get loads and loads of requests to to make the website more appy, you know, so that it would actually store what you're playing and so on. Um, it's more than people expect, but the the, the phone app is still uh, way more, you know, way it just has way more interest. Well, Mike, all the best with. Uh, we're going to follow your progress, um, and uh, I did. Uh, did, did you give us your uh, how to get connect with you? Yeah, Mike at Player FM uh, or right. just at Player FM on Twitter. Right, Mike, uh, that will be uh, if if well, I've already forgotten that, so I'm going to put that on my show notes. It's theappguy.co, theappguy.co. Just uh, search for episode 119 with Mike Maymoff, and uh, uh, all the details will be there. Mike, it's been a pleasure, my friend, and enjoy your Airbnb and uh, the America and. Uh, you're welcome back anytime we're certainly going to follow your progress and uh, wish you all the best thank you very much Paul it's been fun thank you for listening to this podcast stay tuned for the next episode if you want to be a guest on the show or suggest someone then please send an email to info at onemob.com the app guy podcast 